Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. If you'll open your Bible with me, if you look in Galatians, in Galatians chapter 3 is where we're going to look. We're going to look a couple places too. Uh, but this morning I want to speak to you about the leveling field. Uh, we live in a society who wants an equal chance to accomplish something in life. And there are so many things that we could really talk about that here. Uh, yet our conversation really must start with the spiritual realities that we need to deal with. Uh, and they are so important when it comes to leveling the playing field. Uh, and so we, we need to keep in mind that I'm not better than you and you're not better than me. And he's not better than her and she's not better than him. And we could just keep on going down the line that we're, we're all at the same place uh, when it comes to our relationship with God and how we know God. And people simply want a chance, though, to be able to accomplish something good in life and to be, have a peaceful life, right? And yet we understand there's some components to this, and we really need to look at some of them. And sure, we could spend a lot of time here, but the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, Verse 28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. And, and you have to understand what he's saying in context, and we'll look at this more, but Paul, Paul had to help these followers of Jesus that he was writing to in Galatia. Uh, he had to try to help them to understand something, that we are all on the same level playing field. doesn't matter who we are. We have equal chance in that and when it comes to our relationship with God. And it doesn't mean that differences don't exist. We understand. We all have some differences about us. We, we realize that. Uh, we get that. But, but it's most likely that you have played on a team where the field was uh, so out of balance. If you put a level on the field, the, the bubble and the level would go to the opposite end. I mean, we've all, we've all been in that kind of situation one time or the other. I remember as a child when, when I was in grade school, we, the teachers would come out and the teachers would like choose t like, team captains, right? And they would choose the team captains and it was up to the, the, those captains to be able to choose, uh, choose the players kind of fairly so that, so that you can get uh, a little bit of good people on both sides in the sense of skilled people for whatever the sport was. And if it was softball, then it was softball. And so you wanted to get the right people. But what happens is... The teachers started it out, right? They tried to keep it fair, but then, the, then in the end what you have is the kids say, I want my friend. And that other person on the other side said, well, I want my friend. And, the, and then this guy has all his friends are the sports kids, and this guy, all his, all his, all his uh, friends, are, are they do other things. They're just not skilled at that. And before you know it, they start playing ball, right? And it's lopsided. Uh, and, and, and you know that one team is going to cream the other team simply because they, they picked their, pick their friends. Or maybe, maybe one of them picked their cousin Billy Bob because, if, uh, because they knew if they didn't pick their cousin Billy Bob that, that uh, their aunt would be really mad or their mom would be really mad. So they've got all these peer pressure things going on, right? That's part of living life. It's just part of it. And these kind of issues seem to arise in spiritual things too. And the Apostle Paul, 
he's correcting some of this and he's trying to help uh, help the people here. But but it was a little different than uh, we would normally think about. Sometimes uh, God's people ignored the outsiders in their community because they, they didn't seem like they, they, they met certain criteria. And we, we can't live in that with that kind of mindset. It's kind of uh, it's kind of funny how Jesus himself didn't pick people uh, to be his specific disciples. You know, when he chose the 12, uh, he didn't pick them with all these high-end criteria. And, and, and I think that's why he chose me. He didn't have these big, high criteria. I don't know, maybe it's the same for you. I'm not sure. But, but the reality is, is we, we are all start out at the same level. Jesus really had a mixed bag of disciples. He had all kinds of guys, and some were rebels, others were blue collar. Then we had, then we had, uh, he had uh, some white collar former government agents on there. Reality, and so they were, they were from many different walks of life. And Jesus leveled the playing field with them, and and he gave them all an equal chance. You know, sure, some of them rose up to lead uh, with more responsibility than what some of the other guys had. It's just the way it happens at times, and uh, and, and that and that's okay. But and some didn't uh, seem to uh, make it as high. But then you have some that even betrayed Jesus. But one thing's for sure: Jesus gave them all a chance. It was like Jesus gave us an introduction as, uh, uh, as to what it was to level the playing field and how he lived and how he did his ministry. And it's really important for us as followers of Jesus to follow after him and follow after how he lived and how he treated other people. And, and this wasn't the only way he did it, uh, but there were, there were other times that you can see as you read through the Gospels uh, it wasn't only in giving his life. We see that in many different times. But then we find over in the book of Acts where, where we see that Peter was surprised by the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit reveals something uh, very important to him at that day and time. Uh, and uh, here all his life he has grown up following the rules that God gave the people of Israel. God gave them the rules that they were, they were supposed to eat a certain way. And now God was revealing something very special. And God was leveling the field in a new way for them. God gave Peter a vision to accept and to eat food that was formally something that they were not supposed to eat. And, and you know, maybe that doesn't relate to us so much other than maybe, maybe your diet or something. I don't know, but... But God was leveling this field for them. And most of the time we become fixated in on, on this guy named Cornelius and what was taking place with Peter over in Acts chapter 10. And we kind of get focused on the food. And, but it's a lot more than just the food there. The food was really just kind of a side note in some sense. But here we, we have this guy, he's, he's an outsider. His name's Cornelius, he, he's a Gentile, and so he's this outsider guy. And most of the time, uh, we, we focus on the food here, but we have to look at something else. The, foods, the food issues seem so big that we pass over the idea that, that uh, you weren't supposed to be hanging out with outsiders like Cornelius. That's kind of what the, the rule of thumb was for him, right? It's like you're not supposed to do that because if you hang out with these guys, uh, you may pick up their sins. I get it. I, I know there's some, some wisdom in some of those things, and, and sure, that does matter. Who we hang out with does matter. But, 
But on the other side of that, that these were Gentiles. And, and you need to remember something that God told his people to set themselves apart. And they were supposed to do that. And we want to set ourselves apart. But also, we still have to interact with other people in this world that we live in. Because there's not a human being that God doesn't love. I don't care who they are. It doesn't matter what their background is, where they're from. That does not matter. God loves every human being the same. So, but, but like so many people, they, they, didn't need other, they didn't need others really to pull them off of the pathway to God. They, they decided to run their own pathway anyway. It's kind of like when the teachers start out, you know, and choose the two captains for the softball team. The kids end up messing it up anyway. And the interesting thing is, is that you and I as adults, we're not much different than kids. We're just a little bit older. So sometimes we tend to do the same kinds of things that we did when we were kids. And sometimes we don't notice it. Or we glass it over and make it, oh, no, no, we did that because of this. No, we have to watch ourselves because we have that human nature and we have to allow God to work in our lives. So the Holy Spirit here, he, he's pulling Peter along. He, he's pulling him over. It's kind of like he's pulling him up close to his chair there. And he's saying, okay, we need to talk a little bit. Because I need to help you a little bit. Because he's trying to work in Cornelius' life too. And not just Cornelius, but, but the whole, his whole family and all the people that he influences, all of that. And he, he's pulling them close. He's pulling Peter close. And he's pulling Cornelius close independently at a separate situation. But he's saying, now I need to, after I talk to you and explain some things to you, I need to put you both together. Because if we're going to accomplish anything in the kingdom of God, we have to work together. Because we all have this same vision to be able to serve the Lord and to follow Him. Let's look at what the uh, book of Acts said. Acts chapter 10 verse 27 says this. It says, while talking with them, Cornelius, or talking with him, sorry, Cornelius, uh, Peter uh, went inside and found a large gathering of people. He gets to the house by this time. I'm not going to go through the rest of the story, but he gets to the house. And he said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to uh, associate with or visit a Gentile. Uh, Peter's laying it out here. He's like, you know, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing here. Uh, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Wasn't talking just about food here now, was he? he? He says that I should not call anyone. He was getting the message because the Lord was bringing the message across to him very clearly. He was challenging him to handle something that he had not handled before in his life. And now the time has come. So this revelation, it, it was a major deal for Peter. It was a major deal for the early church as the church was coming up. And, and it's a major deal for us as well. And if you think about it, on the flip side of this, this was a major deal to Cornelius. Because now he could be accepted into the family of God in a, in a whole nother world, in a whole nother light. And it showed him something. It said something to him. It said that he had value. And every human being has value. It does not matter who they are. And this really turned the early church's world upside down. Have you ever felt like an outsider only to be welcomed in by someone else? Uh, you know, it feels good to be welcomed by someone else. And you have to... Have to be careful, though. Sometimes people are invited in, but they feel like they can never be accepted. 
Don't stay outside. Don't stay outside when God invites you in. Don't, don't stay outside and say, well, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm too messed up or I've got this issue. I've got that issue. And, and so that's the reality of all people. 100% of everybody everywhere in the whole world is pretty much like that. Why? Because the, the scripture tells us that all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. So we have to be able to understand if Jesus gave his life for somebody, he gave his life for everybody. He gave his life for all of us and we all needed him. So we are welcome and when he invites you in, RSVP and say, Jesus, I'm coming in and I'm going to be with you. That's what we need to do, my friends. Sometimes we feel like we can't. Don't, don't keep yourself locked up in your small little world. So many have done so in these last few years. Uh, but some do it because they all, all, they, all they want is peace. Because they've seen too many of other things. And others stay outside because they've been disappointed by other people. And they, uh, they never dreamed that their friends would say or do the things that they have said or done. And so because of that, they say, well, the only way I can prevent myself from getting hurt is to lock myself in my world. And, and the thing is, is the Lord is saying, no, I want to enter your world and I want you to enter mine. And that means we connect with one another and with others around us, too. See, we all, we've all said and done things that are out of character at times. It's, it's time we come back and enter in again. Some are even back, but they've hidden their hearts so far away that no one could reach them for 10 years. Let's look back at what the Apostle Paul says as he says some other things, as things transpire here. In verse 23, he says this. He writes, before the coming of this faith... We were held in custody under the law. Now, now he's talking to the Galatians because they've kind of messed up and they started saying, hey, you know, you need to go back to these old things, right? You need to go back to these old ways of handling the law to be able to really be followers of Jesus. But, but the Apostle Paul is correcting him and he, and, and he says, so uh, under the law, that you were locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed, that faith in Christ. Verse 24, so the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. So justified by our faith, by our trust in God. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith, through trust. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have, been clo have clothed yourselves with Christ. It's like we took our old garment off that was on us before that said we were not with Christ, we weren't related to him, and then we got to put that new garment on and say, you know, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm trusting you. I'm going to put my faith in you. He goes on there in the next verse and says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now we do have to understand some things here. Uh, those, those believers had been deceived by some of the religious people, as I had mentioned, who thought to be saved they had to go back and follow some of those old rituals and they had to follow some of those food laws again. But wait, but wait a second. Look at what the Lord revealed to Peter there. 
and uh, back in, in, in Acts chapter 10 to kind of clarify some of those things there, he, he revealed that it was okay for them. Those which had been required in the past under the old covenant law, those, those rules, we, uh, that, that's, uh, it's past. We, we have a new covenant through faith in Jesus Christ for what he has done for us on the cross. We have a new covenant. But, but, like, but, but uh, like, it, like it was with Peter in Acts chapter 10, the Holy Spirit made it plain. We could, he, uh, he would set, across, uh, set aside those demands of the past. Uh, and so things have changed because what? He put the law in our hearts. He put the law in our hearts because something took place when we come to faith in Jesus. And the law was put inside of us. It was transforming our lives. We all need that transformation. But sometimes people want to add their rules or their former way of doing things to make themselves insiders again. That's kind of what happens to us at times. But, but Jesus leveled the playing field for each and every one of us. It doesn't mean there are no spiritual healthy boundaries, right? We have to understand that even if you look at that passage... He's not saying that these things don't really exist. He's saying, sure, there, there's different types of people, different backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. We understand that, and that's important to understand. But we're all on the same level playing field. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. It doesn't matter what group you come from or what side of town you come from. If we follow Christ, we have one blood and we're following one direction. We're one body. See, Paul, Paul is he's not saying these groups of people or segments just don't exist. He's saying in Christ, the walls have come down. Those walls have broken down. And we have that ability to have fellowship with one another. We're leveled out in Christ. If, if you think that uh, when you get to heaven, everyone's going to look and sound like you with your accent and, and your version of, 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 of English or your version of Spanish or your version of whatever language it is or French or whatever, uh, you're going to be incorrect, right? We know, we know that because we know what Scripture tells us. Even in, Re in the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse 9, it says this, after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. They were worshiping God. It didn't matter who they were. didn't matter if they spoke Hausa from West Africa. didn't matter if they spoke Otunk. doesn't matter what language they spoke. They, they are worshiping God. The scripture shows us who follow, those who follow Christ will come from all over the world. Your neighbor who doesn't speak your language may be worshiping with you. Jesus gave his life for absolutely every person. We have to be able to keep a biblical worldview. Too many times our own personal worldviews, our family's worldview, or our community's worldview, it, it kind of hems us in and limits us to be able to see things like God wants us to see. And so we have to be able to allow the word of God to speak to us and change the way that we think. 
because God has a plan to work through each and every one of our lives. If we live in the last days as we are, we need to be ready to follow his plan and his purpose in his way. Because uh, we, we know there's all kinds of things out there in this world. There's some false religions which, which incorrectly even believe that heaven will be a place with a bunch of men served by a bunch of young women. That's true. Uh, this couldn't, couldn't be further from the truth. And don't let your ego tell you what you want to hear. Maybe some women see it the other way around. I don't know. Uh, but, but, but don't let your ego tell you what you should think. Allow God to guide you with his word. Allow his Holy Spirit to guide you so you can see things from his direction. You can wish all you want, but God's word alone is true. That's a reality. See, Jesus leveled the playing field for everyone who will believe. Sometimes people are listening to themselves and what they want more than they are the word of God. And we have to make sure that we listen to the word of God and we allow it to change us. I don't know about you, but he's still working on me. He's still having to change the way that I think at times. It's just, it's just the way it is. That's part of living, right? Because we live in this world, but we're not of this world. So because we, we walk on the same dirty roads as everybody else, we have to wash our feet off at times, right? We have to, as Scripture talks about sanctification, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and allow the Holy Spirit to help us on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not a one-time event. It's something that He helps us with every day. Uh, and we need him to help us and to guide us. We, we need that. Now, now, if we go back here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, the Apostle Paul challenged these believers at Galatia, Galatia by asking this. He said, I would like you to learn just one thing, uh, or just, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? See, what Paul was, he was setting them in their place and reminding them to remember that it is by faith. It's by faith, not simply by doing good works that God does the miraculous. Uh, we need him and we need his presence, but it's not just simply because we do what's right, but it's by faith. And sure, we want to live well for God, but, but we must live by faith. And if you think about it, when Peter came... Uh, and uh, ministered to Cornelius and his family in Acts chapter 10. Before Peter knew it, God had poured out his spirit on Cornelius and his family. He was shocked. I think he probably fell off his chair if he had, was on a chair. And here they're, they're baptizing the Holy Spirit, speaking another language they didn't know. And they're like, what in the world is happening? And then they kind of come back and say, you know what? Uh, is there any reason why we shouldn't water baptize these guys? Remember, he's a Jewish guy coming in, and, and now he's seeing the outpouring of God's work in the Gentiles, and he said, God's doing something here. God is doing something. And that's what happens. It, and, and we see that Peter in this situation, Cornelius and his family, they believed, and God did this miracle, and, and we need to get back to the place of faith in our walk. We need to get back to this place where we are trusting God, not simply doing. Sometimes what happens to us is we just go through the motions. 
We just kind of go through and we kind of live every day because we have a lot of things to do in life, right? That's just the way life is. But, but sometimes we go through the motions and we can't stay there. We have to allow God to work in our lives, and that happens by trusting him in faith. And so we need to get back to this place of faith, not just simply doing. And don't misunderstand me. The book of James says faith without works is dead, right? So we still need to apply. We need to live out and allow God to work in our lives. Say, say you were a flute player. Do we have any flute players in here? No flute players? Somebody lying. No, no just tease it. Uh, no. And so say we have a flute player. That flute player says, and they carry their flute around. You know, they're, they're pretty lightweight, right? In a small case. And they carry their flute around everywhere they go. And they say, I can play the flute. And they carry the flute around, and they carry it around day after day after day. You see them every day. They carry, they're carrying the flute. But you've never heard them once. And so you're finally going to, after a while, you're going to say, you need to step out and show us that you really can do this. And so they have to put their faith to work, right? They're saying, hey, this is, we played the flute. Well, okay, we'll put the thing up, put the thing together, put it up to your lips and blow and make some music. We need to be able to be the people that don't just say, well, I know how. Or, or God did this in my life years ago, but we need to be able to say, I'm trusting God now. I'm trusting him now. So for some, uh, for some of these people in Galatia, they, they were so focused on their works, they depended on it more than their faith in Christ. And look at what Paul goes on to say here in, in verse 5 of Galatians chapter 3. He says this, I'm kind of going backwards here with it, but, but he says, so, again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by, or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have, have faith are children of Abraham. So do, do you realize that really from the beginning, it's, it's really always been about trusting God. It's always been about faith and following through when in faith with the Lord. And so that's just the way it's been. And the problem for us is at times we get so focused on the other things that we don't uh, focus on our faith in Christ himself. We simply look only to what we are able to do and we miss out on what God himself can do. That's why it's important that when we come and he gives us this invitation to follow him, that we, we accept the invitation. Yeah, we know we're messed up. We know we need him. But we also know that Jesus gave his life on the cross for us to give us the opportunity to have a relationship with him. Amen. It's not because we're special. I didn't get up here because I'm special. Lord knows that's not the case. Uh, and we all have to recognize that Jesus gave his life to give us hope. There's some reminders for us here in, in, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 21. Uh, and the first one is this, and it says, Proverbs 21, verse 30, which says, There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. We need to remember that, friends. Uh, then, then in th verse 31, he's in the next verse, he says this, the, the horse is, 
is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests in the Lord. See, these are some things that we need to know. It's, a, it's like, yeah, ultimately we take care of our business, right? we got to do our side. That's what our responsibility. We step out in faith to do that, but then we have to trust God that he's going to help from the other side. We can work our little hearts out and do our part, yet we need to remember that in the end, no matter who we are, Victory rests with the Lord. It's in his hands. We need to continue to rest our faith in him daily. Because sometimes it can be challenging, right? It can be challenging. But we have to trust him and we have to expect that God can work in our lives. And right now, some are so concerned about the world around you that you are putting your hope in a political leader or you're putting your hope in a bank account or you're putting a hope in your boyfriend. Or, but but, fr- but if, you, if you keep on going with that kind of mentality, you're going to miss out on what God has for you because he has an invitation for you. So sometimes we have this problem out of, out of Proverbs chapter 21, verse 2. It says, a person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. So sometimes we, we think our way is good, but really the Lord kind of knows. He gets it. He knows where we're really at. And uh, we kind of get the mentality. Uh, you'll see the guys that do the ta- they do the tats on their their hands, and they say "self-made man." And I always laugh at those. And maybe I shouldn't laugh at them, but I always step back and think about it because really, it's uh, there's no really self-made person because we all stand on the shoulders of other people around us. So yeah, we, doesn't mean we don't work hard. Doesn't mean that we don't put a lot of effort in, and, and usually that's what those guys are saying when they say that, and, and they're saying they put a lot of effort in, and that's okay, that's good, and we should, right? But on the other side of that, we have to recognize there's a lot of other people around us that help us. But on top of that, we know ultimately it comes from the Lord. So we, we believe it, it has to go a certain direction in our lives, but sometimes the path meanders a direction we never thought it would go. Is your faith resting on what you have done or will do? Is your trust in, in solid leaders who seem to be putting everything together and making it work? They will fail you too. Everybody makes mistakes, right? And, but if you keep God's perspective, Jesus will never fail you. Even in these end time days, in the times that we crazy world that we live in, we, we need to place our trust in the right one, in the right person. Now, Paul goes on to say there in Galatians chapter, Galatians chapter 3, verse 9, So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. That's pretty, pretty interesting there. That's pretty significant because Abraham was a man of faith. He was a man of trust. He trusted God, right? And, and he was before the law existed, right? We understand that from Scripture. And so he was a person who relied on the Lord. He relied on, relied on faith. And, and we see that, and we also need to rely on him. So when you rely on the Lord, you'll never be disappointed. I like this, I like this passage out of the book of Isaiah. And I, I'm not going to read all of it, just to the last portion of it. Uh, and you can read the rest on your own and see in context. But, but, but the idea is there, it says in Isaiah 49, verse 23, he reminds the people of Israel, he said, those who hope in me will not be disappointed. 
I think we have to make sure that what we're putting our trust in is the Lord and his plan and not just on our own. Yeah, we have responsibility, right? We have responsibility to do what we know is right. And sometimes we come to the end of that where we can't do anything ourselves and we have no choice but to depend on God. But, but before that ever happens, we need to trust in him personally. When you rely on the Lord, he will not disappoint you. And sometimes, sometimes disappointment comes, right? Disappointment does come. And why does it come? Usually because it's our perspective. We, we would usually say it's unrealistic expectations. Maybe at times we say, well, I expect it to go this way and I know it will. It looks like it's going this way. I'm going to adjust these things. And, and then all of a sudden it shifts and you're like, what in the world just happened? God knows what he's doing. We have to trust him even in those times when it looks like it runs the opposite direction. Oh, 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 who do you want to stick with? Do you want to stick with your own plan or do you want to stick with God's plan? Because his plan is good. Amen. The one who has a level, who's the, the, the one who has a level playing field, that's who we need to stick with, right? It's the Lord himself. He's the one that provides that level playing field. Uh, he's the one who opens the door to heaven and he's the one whom we can put our trust in. To any person who will humble themselves before God to accept what Jesus did for them, he, he's going to give you that opportunity. He gives that invitation and he says even this in, in, in the, these verses 28 and 29, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither a slave nor free, nor is there a male nor, and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You can either stick with him or stick with your own plan, stick with somebody else's plan. But a lot of time, other people's plan and sometimes our own plans, we require that you have a certain pedigree. You have to have a certain, certain thing about you to really fit in, right? But the reality is in Christ, we're all the same. And he says, I'll welcome you in if you will open your heart to me. You know, Paul said this over in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. And he, he, said, it, he said this, he said, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. <laughs> he lays it out there. He knew, he knew what his life was like. And then he goes on to say, but for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his, his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Who are we to push away the broken person when God has had mercy on us? Who are we to push ourselves away from God's table because we haven't accepted the fact that he gave us an invitation to sit at that table? He knew full well who we were. He knew our pains. He knew our struggles. He knew the things that we need. And yet he still gave us that invitation. As the scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He did that for us. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. 
we were shown mercy. See, we live in a society, we live in a world that wants an equal chance to enjoy something in life, to have peace, and that's understandable. It should be that way. But most, the most important thing that we can give to others is the peace of God and, and the hope which comes through Jesus Christ while we live in this troubled world, because we live in a troubled world. But we live in a troubled world where God does care. It doesn't mean that he likes what goes on. It doesn't mean that he likes the brokenness and the sin. No, it's not that. Just don't forget that the people that you share Christ with or, or uh, that, that you, they may not look like you, they may not sound like you, or may, maybe, it's, maybe you need him. Maybe you need to connect with him. And maybe the others, maybe I'm not like you, I don't know. I grew up as a farm boy, lived in a lot of weird places. But I'm grateful to the Lord that he one day got a hold of me on a tractor out in the field. He is really good. I'll tell you that for a fact. He is really good and he's faithful. Just remember this, that one day for those who truly believe, we will sing together before God with one voice, with one voice. <laughs> I don't know. You may sing one language, somebody else sing another language. I don't know. When I, in places I served in West Africa, they had 400 languages in one country. Uh, that's just one country. There's 54 of those in that continent. How many languages? When I lived out on the West Coast, I remember they told us in L.A., they said there were about a thousand languages spoken any one day. We need him, friends. You need him, friends. He's available to work in your life today. Can I pray for you? Father, we come before you this morning. And we recognize our need for you. Jesus, we accept the invitation that you have handed out to us. And, and you say to us, come closer. Come closer to me. I, I want to interact with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to sit down with you. Lord, we accept that invitation. As broken as we are, as undone as we may be, Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and your kindness that actually leads us to repentance, actually leads us to turn away from where we were and turn to the hope that you give in our lives, Father God. With every head and eyes closed, every head bowed and eyes closed, you may say, hey, with me looking up, and you say, you know what, Pastor? I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. If that's you this morning, you say, I want to put my trust in Jesus. They just lift your hand between you and me and the Lord. You say, that's me. I want to do that. All right. I want to encourage you guys this morning to put your faith in Him. God bless you.